We know it's not joyful when you're going through the chastisement or discipline of God. Because later on, when you look at the providence of God, sometimes those things that were bad were really good because God worked those things together for good. Hello, my name is Minister Herbert Moore, the minister here at the Church of Christ in Atlanta Airport area, where we speak for the Bible speaks and we're silent for the Bible is silent. Our worship service begins at 10 a.m. every Sunday morning. Please tune in WATC 57 at 4 p.m. every Sunday. Come be with us and we will do you good. Very safe. We're praying for that. Appreciate my sister taking on children that grew up in a home that the parents do not have themselves together at this point. And she's taking them in her home, but the beater of her taking them in her home is bringing them to the Lord's home, the church. Them obeying the gospel of Jesus Christ. Any resources we have to help people in need, that's our job as Christians. To seek out those that are in need. Because God blesses us so much. God looking for the earthen vessels to give to others. We can only wear so many shoes. We can only eat so many meals. We can only drive so many cars. And we can only have so much money in our 401k. Anyway, that's what they say all day. I told, them, I told the young rappers, they don't have anything on me. Watch it now. <laughs> so let me begin this morning in a very important truth. In the eyes of God, home is not a place. In the eyes of God, home is a person. Home is in the presence of Jesus. Anywhere I go is home. Anywhere I go is home because I have the Lord. In my presence. That's the beauty of this gospel. It's something deeper than what most people think about. We look forward to the presence of heaven, but while we are not in heaven, Jesus puts it this way in John chapter 10, verse number 10, the thief coming out but to steal and kill and to destroy. He said, but I come that you might have life and have life more abundantly. We need to start learning how to live this abundant life that God has laid out for us. And not get carried away with worry. And I don't have this and I don't have that, but what you do have, you have Jesus. The Lord knows that's enough. He's enough. He's all sufficient. That's what he is. He's all sufficient. He's all sufficient. And so this morning, Jesus is talking to these publicans and sinners. He loved everybody. Luke 15, verse number 1, then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners for to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes, they murmured saying, this man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. There's something about eating with a person. You don't just eat with anybody. 
Young man's had his father's wife in 1 Corinthians chapter 5. Had his father's wife. Paul says, what you're going to have to do is not, don't even eat with him. In order for him to repent, you have to just fellowship yourself from him. Don't even eat with him. It's something intimate about eating with someone. But Jesus was eating with these people. Jesus tells these parables in order to show them, give them a picture of his purpose. I read somewhere. In the same book of Luke 19, verse number 10, Jesus God came to seek that which is lost. That's what he came to do. The Lord knows all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The Lord knows even Christians at one point, we have been lost. He tells his first parable. In verse number four in Luke chapter 15, what man of you having a thousand sheep, if he lose one of them, does not leave the 99 in the wilderness and go after that which is lost until he find it. Even our members that have strayed away, we need to do all we can to seek and save those that have strayed away. There's an urgency because even with the sheep, there was an urgency because if a sheep will wander away and fall into depression, like many people fall into depression, they get depressed. Depression is real. See, the depression for the sheep was falling into a ditch. And a sheep can't just push themselves off to the left and right like we do. Some, you know, I, I really count my blessings every morning when I'm able to get up and get out of bed because some people can't do that. You go to the nursing home, you'll see. Some go to the hospital, you'll see. Don't take that for granted. The sheep get in a depression and the sheep can't push off. And unless someone pull that sheep out, that sheep would die in that depressed stage, in that hole, in that ditch. So the shepherd as quick as possible. He, he leaves the 99. So hold it, hold, hold it, Lord. Now, now, you need to stay with us. No, you all are okay right now. I need to go and get the one that, that, is, that is lost, that is in a depression, that it has fallen down and can't get up. We fall down, but we get up. That's the one the Lord goes after. We may have three or four children, and three of them are okay, but that fourth one, we have to put more energy and love toward that child. I've seen amongst our members where we're putting so much love toward the girl, where the boy, he went astray. We have to start neglecting the boy, if you will. We have to be careful about that. But as soon as you get that lost sheep, listen to what the Bible says, verse number five, in Luke chapter 15, verse number five, and when he had found it, he left him on his shoulders rejoicing. And he brings him back to the other sheep, rejoicing. Jesus is telling these parables, these three parables, to let the Pharisees and the sinners know 
that I came to seek that which is lost. My purpose is to bring people home, to, to bring them home. The purpose of the church is to bring people home. Lord, I'm coming home. That's why we preach the gospel like we do. That's why we don't get discouraged whether one show up or 500 show up. We still bring the whole truckload of hay because we have lost souls. Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse number 11, this is what he says. It's right after he had said, we're almost given account of ourselves, right? They're going, to, they're going to be judgment day. And then he says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse number 11, because of the terror of God, we persuade men. This is why we preach the gospel like we do, because of the terror of God. Because there's there going to come a day when it's going to be over. There's not going to be any more time. Your time is going to be up. Time is going to be up. Have you been in those classrooms in high school and college? They give you so much time to take this test. They give 45 minutes. So they pass out the test 45 minutes. And I'm irritated by some of those smart students. In, in 15 minutes, they turn into the test. And here I am still going. This is a high one of those smart students. She turned hers in 15 minutes. <laughs> But then again, okay, 45 minutes is up. They say, time is up. Turn the papers in. But I got, no, time is up. <laughs> it's going to be like that when it comes to the Lord. Lord, I got some more things. No, time is up. You had enough time to do what you need to do. You had 24 hours a day. We all get 24 hours a day. Seven days a week. But Lord, I got delayed because of the, no, did you make me priority in, my, in your life? Did you really live out what you said you believe, that you love God with all the heart, soul, mind, and strength? Did you live that out? But Lord, I got distracted. You know, this relationship over here with, with this significant loved one and, my kids got me distracted. My husband got me distracted. And I, I put you on the back burner. God is not going to let that slide. The Bible says, and, and when he had found it, he, he left it on his shoulder rejoicing. In verse number 6, in Luke chapter 15, verse number 6, and it cometh, and when he cometh home, he calleth together his friends and neighbors and saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. And I saw, I say unto thee, unto you, that likewise joy shall be where in heaven over just one. The one sinner that repenteth. More than over ninety-nine and nine just persons which need no repentance. Either, what woman, gives another example, in verse number eight, Luke chapter 15, what woman having 10 pieces of silver, and she said, lose one piece, does not light a candle and sweep the house and seek diligently till she find it. 
And when she has found it, she called her friends and her neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I had lost. Jesus is talking about rejoicing over losing a sheep and losing a corn. You all have lost something before, and, and finally you find it, and you're just so happy. So happy. Rejoicing. And you, and you make up in your mind, I'm not going to lose this again. Three months later, you, you lose your keys again. Watch. <laughs> verse number eight. Either. Verse number 10, the Bible said, Likewise, I say to you, there is joy where? In the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repented. I know the angels rejoice initially when you repented and you obeyed the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hear the word, believe the word, repent of your sin, confess Christ and be baptized. The angels in heaven, they were rejoicing. But it doesn't stop there. Even when we, we sin, because all have sinned, we're going to sin, and we repent, Lord, help us to repent. The angels rejoice. We have cheerleaders, and we don't know it. Remember, as we were playing football, the chilies would say, we get knocked down. That's okay. That's all right. Get up and fight, fight. <laughs> we have, <laughs> we have cheerleaders, don't we? <laughs> it's all right to have cheerleaders. Verse number 11, Bible says, and he said a certain man had two sons. Here we go. Two sons. And a younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. By his son saying this, the Bible says in the book of Hebrews that a will is not into effect until the testator dies. But he wanted his before his father died. You know what his son is saying? In essence, I wish you were dead. <laughs> right now, I need my potion. Oldest son would get two potions, two, uh, two-thirds, and the, young and the younger son got one-third. And not many days after, the younger gathered all his, all, gathered all together and took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance with righteous living. In other words, he got the monies that he needed. He waited a little while. He gathered up his items that he had, and he went out and parted. We can't frown at this young man too much, though, because I know when... My parents had raised me right, no drinking, no smoking, all those different things, and, and I abided by that. And at 19 years old, went in the military, and things changed for about four years. I was like the prodigal son, you see. <laughs> went to Kansas, had been in an RV band, and now I'm living it up. At least I thought I was. And after all my parents had taught me, 
Now I'm out on my own. I'm grown. You know how we are. I'm grown. Whatever that means. I was grown and wrong. And later on, I had to call home. Y'all stop talking about Tyrone. And so here we see that, and the younger of them said, my father, give me all the parts. And, and not many days, look at verse number 14. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. Didn't save anything back. He had some fair weather friends. Y'all know what fair weather friends are, right? They're with you as long as you got a little money. And when things get rough, the weather get a little stormy, you don't see them anymore. And he went and he joined himself to a citizen of the country in verse number 15, and he sent him into his fields to feed swines. It was the lowest thing for a Jew to do. They, they didn't want to feed swines, the hogs, you name it. It was, it was beneath him. But sometimes when you get in trouble, you have to do some things that you thought you would not do. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swines did eat, eating pig food. And no man gave unto him, no man gave unto him. Bible says in verse number 17, and when he came to himself, I want y'all to notice this morning. You might want to mark this in Bible. Luke chapter 15, verse number 17, 17. When he came to himself, that's exactly what sin does. It takes us out of our mind. It, you know, we say sometimes, what am I doing here? What am I doing? Here I am in Kansas. Doing Michael Dot and Dr. Mike and everything else. What am I doing here? You all know I say this often, but I, I think we can repeat it every day and, and we will understand it even better by and by. Here goes. Sin takes you further than you ever want to go, than you ever want to go. I did not want to go this far, but sin took me here. It keeps you longer than you ever want to stay. I thought maybe I'd do it one or two times, I'd be out of here. But I'm still here. And Lord knows the cost. And it costs you more than you ever want to pay. That's what sin does. A little lemon, lemon's a whole lump. It could be one little small thing and you reap what you sow. And then the fourth one, Sometimes it's hard to find your way back. We're praying for people that are trying to find a way back. We're praying for people even trying to find themselves back. Even after the pandemic, we're praying for them because sin would keep you out there. You get so comfortable and not coming. You get comfortable. It's easy for us to do that. Easy. You see, comfort is not an option when it comes to serving God. We must do what God will have us to do. It's not always comfortable to forgive your enemy in spite of what they do to you. Not always comfortable. 
It's not always comfortable even to repent, but when you know you repent, you're made it right with God again. You got that relationship right with God. Sometimes, well, I just don't feel comfortable doing that. <laughs> Did nobody ask you to feel comfortable? Doing the right thing is not always comfortable. I want y'all to notice. The Bible says, how many hired servants, in verse number 17, Luke 15, verse 17, how many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger. You know, he's thinking about home now. He, he remember how good he had it at home. Lord, I'm coming home. I hope that there are children out there now that are listening to this sermon. You're, you're straight away. You're left home, that you come back home. You'll come back home. Jesus tells his parable. Let the Pharisees and sinners know that he's trying to reach out and bring people home. That's what he's trying to do. And he wants all of us not only to come home, but stay home. When you get home, stay home. I can preach like this because I've been that father on the other end that a daughter left home. She left home and we prayed and prayed that she would come back. Not knowing when she would come back, and you all know how it is today. I'm told that after 48 hours, it's unlikely that they will come back. They tell, that first 48 hours is so important. And, and all that's going on today, trafficking and everything else going on today, you don't know what could happen to them out there. It's so much out there that can happen to them. Not knowing exactly. Been a teenager, left home. But see, you know how it is in, in these Christian homes. We, we shelter our children as much as we can. Sometimes we shelter them too much. Y'all getting quiet on me. <laughs> and then they, like me, 19 to 23, we want, they want a little taste of the world. See what the world is all about. Because they, they realize that they're in the world, and they, then they become of the world. We're in the world, but not of the world. We need more church in the world and not more world in the church. And so, all of a sudden, after not just a few days, but a few weeks, outside, getting ready to get out of my vehicle, and someone rescues her and drives up. And he looks at me and looks at her and said, this couldn't be your daddy. Yeah, that's my daddy. No, 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 and it couldn't be in the neighborhood. We're in the wrong neighborhood. And that's the wrong man. There's no way you can leave a daddy like this. No way you can leave a neighborhood like this. Goes up in to the house. No way, this could not be your mother. This sweet lady could not, no, that's my mother. That's my mother. But we were both so happy. She was lost and then she's found. Amen. Glory be to God. Amen. Anything could have happened. And it was hard for us to get a good night rest. My daughter being gone. I've been there. Some of you are there right now. Your child may not be gone from home, but they're gone in their heart from the Lord. You know, even some marriages need to come back home. You know, I'm told that most people riding in a car, married couples, they're not even speaking to one another. 
That's a sad commentary. They're not divorced. They're divorced in their hearts. Lord, help us to come back home. Thank God she came back home. And we can say the story, we live happily ever after. Amen? This prodigal son, when he came to himself, he realized what he had at home. But you know, his, this older brother, maybe not have been the best brother in the world, it could have been one of the reasons why he wanted to leave home. That's a sermon we preach. What about the older brother? <laughs> Let's not talk about the prodigal son. Let's talk about the older brother. Jesus is pointing this story out to let us know about the older brother. These, these uh, sinners and, and Pharisees, they, were, they represented the older brother. And, of course, God represents the father. Verse number 19. And am no more worthy to be called thy son, make me as... Thank you so much for tuning in with us as you have listened to the message of the hour. In order to obey the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Bible tells us in Mark 16, 15, and 16, it says, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. And so one must hear the word in Romans chapter 10, verse number 17. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And once you hear the word, you must believe the word. Once you believe the word, you must repent of your sin. Luke 13, 3, Jesus says, except you repent, you will all likewise perish. And once you repent, you confess Christ, the sweetest name on Martha tongue. Then after that, you're buried with him in baptism, in a watery grave of baptism. You become, in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, a new creature, a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have been made new. And so we encourage you to come be with us as we teach you the word of God, because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You become a member of the church of Christ, the one that Christ died for. Colossians chapter 1, verse number 18. God bless you all. Hello, my name is Minister Herbert Moore from the Church of Christ at Atlanta Airport. We're located about three miles from the Atlanta Airport, the busiest airport in the world. We're just an eight-minute drive. We have many people that travel through the airport, and they come to worship with us. We speak what the Bible speaks, and we're silent what the Bible is silent. And so we invite you to come. We also invite you to tune in to our television program every Sunday at 4 p.m. WATC 57 Television. We also invite you to visit our Facebook Church of Christ at Atlanta Airport area. Also, you can go to YouTube, speakingthegospel.tv, and hear many more of the sermons from the Word of God that I have spoken throughout the last months and the last years. Enter to worship and leave to serve. Many times today, we're not able to worship in a building. The Bible tells us that we are to worship on the first day of the week. And as you know, we can worship God everywhere and anywhere. The Bible tells us in Exodus chapter 3, verses number 1 and following, as Moses approached the burning bush that was burning but did not burn up, God tells him, take off your shoes. You're standing on holy ground. And that's why we can worship anywhere. The church is not the building. 
the Bible tells us in Luke chapter 17, verse 21, that the kingdom of God lives within us. So when we say we're coming to church, we're really coming to worship. This is why we need to realize God does not dwell in an empty church building. He's all over. He's everywhere. And those that worship him in John 4, 24 must worship him in spirit and in truth. 